morning, everybody. Welcome to the Porch Community Church. Um, we're glad you're with us. Uh, wherever you are, wherever you're watching from this morning, if you're online or in person, uh, really glad you've, you've joined us this morning. Uh, my name is Justin Crenshaw. I'm, the, I'm honored to serve here as a student pastor and worship pastor here, and I'm excited to bring you a word from God this morning. Uh, we're in the final week of this series we're calling uh, Live Thank You. Some, somebody's Siri. I just want to see. Oh, it's Chris's Siri. Please try again, Siri said. You ever had your, uh, anybody have AirPods and they have them in and then you're just talking and Siri's just trying to like help you out? I'm like, I don't need your help right now, Siri. So glad you're with us. This series, Live Thank You. We're in the final week of it and, and it, we've been going over some practical ways um, to live a life that says thank you, right? Um, to share in the goodness of God uh, for people in people's lives. And so uh, today is the final week of that. And um, we've been talking about things like gratitude and generosity. Um, and today um, uh, we're going to go in a little different direction. We want to kind of turn inward a little bit because we believe that, you know, you can't, generosity for generosity's sake is just a social initiative. It's charity, right? We can't just be generous because we feel like we ought to. We can't just, have, uh, we can't just uh, be grateful because we feel like we ought to be grateful for something. It has to come from a deeper place than that. Uh, so we're going to turn inward a little bit today. I love what Psalm 103 says. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Okay, so let's talk about memory for a second. Memory is kind of a funny thing. It's crazy, actually. Uh, the stuff we know and the stuff we don't know about how memory works, how human memory, how the human brain works in storing memories, all right? Here's some fun facts about memory, all right? Most short-term memories are quickly forgotten. In fact, short-term memory only lasts 20 to 30 seconds. Walking through a doorway triggers us to either remember or forget. Walking through a doorway. Have you ever, have you ever been out the door and said, ah, oh, forgot my wallet? You ever walk through the, the doorway and go, man, what was that I was going to, what was that I was supposed to do? I was supposed to do something. Did I leave the dryer on? Did I leave the, walking through a doorway, science says, triggers either forgetting something or remembering something. All right, that's kind of interesting. Never didn't know that. Being tested on information actually improves retention, students. Being tested on information actually improves retention. So, you know, let's not scoff at, you know, the exams too much, right? Caffeine only helps increase alertness. It does not maintain memory long-term. Caffeine. I'm a highly caffeinated individual, um, so that's bad news for me since I forget a lot of stuff. Scent is one of the most powerful memory triggers. Scent, sense of smell. I can still remember and, and, and I can still smell my elementary school cafeteria. I went there, back there some years ago and it still smelled that way. Now it wasn't a bad smell unless it was on a day that we were having chicken chunks and 
don't know why they call them chicken junks. I mean, that's a terrible name for something for an elementary school student to ponder having for lunch that day. Chicken chunks. But I tell you what they did. They had some banging pizza. Little rectangular pizzas. My 80s and 90s kids, do they still make the rectangular pizzas? Man, I don't know where they got them. Man, they were so good. We'd pile, we'd roll them up. <laughs> Eat them like a burrito. I can still smell that smell, and it takes me back. Songs, y'all, songs. Songs trigger memory. Almost every single person could hear a certain song, and it takes you back. Or it triggers a happy or a not-so-happy memory, doesn't it? Sense of smell, songs on the radio. A good night's sleep, by the way, is believed to improve memory. So all you guys, all you sleep-deprived people, go get more sleep. Not right now. Don't sleep right now. Please don't sleep right now. It's proven by scientific research that the human brain starts to remember things from the womb. The memory starts to work 20 weeks after conception. Can you believe that? It's amazing. Here's some things that I remember. My earliest memory, my earliest memory is being less than a year old. We had a... um, St. Bernard named Duncan and Duncan was humongous like a horse he was my horse and I know that it was I can remember him jumping up on our fence and licking me from chin to the top of my head with this big old tongue I know it was how old I was because Duncan died when I was about a year old I remember being held in my dad's arms and leaning over a chain link fence and Duncan jumps up on the fence and licks my face. That's the only really memory I have at that age, of course. I'm surprised I I remember that. But I don't really remember much else until about kindergarten. I remember flashes of being in a daycare and that kind of thing and all that. But like, I remember kindergarten because my teacher, I like to talk, and that's kind of a, a shocker, I know. I like to talk, I'm a talker. And I remember my teacher threatened to tape my mouth shut. Federal prison, anyone? But then she did it. Me and my friend kept talking, took a little piece of tape about that wide, duct tape. Abduction, anybody? That's, I mean, this is crazy. Federal prison, all right. Get away, get away with it in the, in the 80s. This long, over the mouth. And me and my friend are laughing hysterically with the tape. My, our lips are, our, our cheeks are like busted out because we can't breathe. And we're like, we'll try to, we're laughing underneath the tape. The mouth is taped shut. We thought it was hilarious. I remember my 16th birthday party. It was a surprise. And, uh, my dad set it up, my mom and dad set it up, and my buddy took me to play golf that day, which I thought was a little strange because my buddy who was the guinea pig to take me somewhere wasn't really a golfer. I was like, well, I've gotten into him. He's wanting to play golf. All right, let's go. And I play golf all the time. So we went and played golf, and 
in his car, and I can remember pulling back into my neighborhood after we got through playing. I was like, what are all those cars? Where are these cars lined up? It's like everybody in my life, everybody that could be there was there. And uh, I was like, oh, man, it's a birthday party. But I acted surprised. I didn't want to ruin it for my parents. I acted surprised. I can remember that like it was yesterday. I remember my grandmother's homemade biscuits. My grandmother, who's in heaven now, she had a recipe, made them from scratch, and I can still taste them. The recipe has since been passed down to my aunt, but I don't see my aunt very often, so I don't get to eat those fantastic biscuits. And she says she doesn't make them the same, but they're close enough. (laughs) I remember the taste of those biscuits. I remember all three of my children's first few moments on earth. I remember their first cries. And I remember the moment that I realized as a young teenager that Jesus died for me. And through him, I could have eternal life and I didn't have to keep living a meaningless existence that was founded on popularity or people liking me or fitting in. Here's the things I tend to forget, though. I forget how it felt to have small children. I forget that. Those of you who have small children, you're like, oh, amen, bring that, bring it on. No, don't, don't waste those years. They're precious. Sometimes we wish we could go back there just for a moment and hold all three of them in my arms for a second. Watch them sleep. I forget what I ate breakfast yesterday. What I ate for breakfast. I can't tell you. I cannot tell you. Cereal, something. I forget what my GPA was in college. I mean, it was pretty good. C's get degrees, I'm just saying. Unless you're in a grad program. See, you don't cut it no more. Do they? No, (laughs) no, they don't. I forget the numerical date of all three of my children of their birth. I forget it. I'm at the pharmacy. Mr. Crenshaw, date of birth. I mean, I can say mine. 0624. <laughs> but, I, but it, you know, somebody has one. I'm like, eight-ish, eight, um, 19. 03, 04, 03, 04. And the ladies look at me like, this is not your child. 5, 25, 10, is that 9? <laughs> All right. We believe it's your child. I forget the new, I can't, I never can do it. I forget. I need, I rehearse and I still forget. Allison and I got married in 03. And a week or two after we got married, I uh, can't even get this off. Um, But I went and played golf with my dad about an hour from home. And uh, I took this off, and I put it in the cup holder of the golf cart, all right? Because I was still getting used to it. I was like, man, this thing is cumbersome. I mean, I love it, but, you know... Man, I take this thing off when I need to. I never take it off now. But I put it in the in the cup holder, and guess what I did? I left it. Left it. 
I got about three quarters of the way home. And I said, oh, shoot. Turned my happy tail around. Didn't say a word. No need to alarm anyone. No need. Drove on back up to the golf course, and a guy came out and said, I was pretty sure you wouldn't come back for this. And I was like, yeah, my precious. If you know, you know. I just never take it off now unless I'm going up for a, a jam and I don't want to rip my finger off. So I'm just kidding. I don't jam anymore. We tend to forget a lot of things. We tend to remember a lot of things. But today, living out thank you looks like remembering. It looks like remembering. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, I want you to turn there with me. Deuteronomy 8. I know you guys read Deuteronomy every, every single day. Fifth book of the Bible. And the people of Israel in Deuteronomy 8 are, have been wandering in the wilderness for almost the, the full length of 40 years. Right? They were brought out of Egypt, out of slavery, and they were freed by their God, and, and they've been wandering around. God's been taking care of them, though. He's been sending this stuff called manna from heaven, which is heavenly bread. It's bread that literally no human had ever tasted before, made in heaven, and laid out all over the ground. Imagine this now. And, and during the day, God would, you know, they would know the way to go from a, this pillar of cloud. And at night, the same pillar, but fire. And God would guide them around, and they were wandering around, and, and maybe even going in circles. But nonetheless, God was taking care of them. And in Deuteronomy 8, they are getting ready to enter into, finally, the promised piece of property that God promised them long ago called Canaan, right? The promised land. Finally, after all the wandering, they're about to enter into this land. The wandering's gonna be over. And this land is awesome. They've heard about it. God's told them about it. They're gonna settle in to a piece of property that still exists now in the Middle East where the current nation of Israel sits. And there they are, about to enter into this land. And God gives them a warning. Here's the warning. Starting in verse 1 in Deuteronomy chapter 8. It says, Be careful to follow every command I'm giving you today, so that you may live and increase, and may enter and possess the land the Lord promised on oath to your ancestors. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had ever known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes out of the mouth of the Lord. Jesus would echo this in his own wilderness for 40 days before he started his earthly ministry. It's a parallel there, and it's not by accident. 
Verse four, your clothes did not wear out and your feet did not swell during these 40 years. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord God disciplines you. Verse six, observe the commands of the Lord your God, walking in obedience to him and revering him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land with brooks, streams, and deep springs, and gushing out, of the, into the, out into the valleys and the hills, a land with wheat and barley, vines and fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil, and honey, a land where bread uh, will no longer be scarce, and you will lack nothing, a land where rock, rocks are iron, and you can dig copper out of the hills." When you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he's given you. But be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God. Failing to observe his commands, his laws and decrees, I have given you today. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and you settle down, And when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase and all you that you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord, your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He led you through the vast and dreadful wilderness, that thirsty and waterless land with its venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you water out of a hard rock He gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, something your ancestors had never known, to humble and test you so that in the end it might go well with you. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce the wealth and so confirms his covenant promise which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. Man. It is a promise laced with a warning. It is a promise, and it's also a prediction because God knew Israel was gonna forget all about him when they settled into the land. God knew. He is no fool. God knew that as soon as they entered into that, on that property and things started to go well with them and God started to bless them like he promised, they would forget him. And they started to be prideful and say, look what we have done. Today is a day to remember the goodness of God. Here's the parallel. We tend to forget, just like the Israelites. We are they. We are them. Today is a day to remember, to remember our need for him, to remember our helplessness as people, to remember the taste of manna when, when, when there seemed to be nothing good in our lives and God provided something. Maybe some of you have lived paycheck to paycheck in your life and, and you're not, you're not, you weren't sure how the bills were gonna get paid at some point. I remember those days early in our marriage and God provided. I can go back now and today is a day for me to remember that to remember God's provision for me and remember and never forget y'all know this one never forget what what do you think of when you hear that never forget never forget 9-11 never forget 9-11 here's a new one how about this one always forget 2020 I'm just saying no 
we just want to get to 2021, don't we? With no promise that 2021 is going to be any better. No promise. The people of Israel in Deuteronomy 8 had forgotten God and how good He'd been and all He had done for them. In Luke 22, Jesus is sitting around with His friends and He's about to be arrested. And He's having one last meal with His friends. And what does He say? He holds up the bread and the cup and He says, do this in what? Remembrance of me. It's really, really important. Do this in remembrance of me. See, the key to thankfulness and to living thank you is remembering. This is the key. It's not me or Shannon or anyone telling you what you ought to do to, to show generosity to someone. That's great. And we ought to. But it, it has to come from a deeper place. Otherwise, it's just charity. Otherwise, it's, it's a social um, initiative. But if it's going to be laced with the gospel, if it's going to bring about eternal good, then it has to come from a place of remembering. I need to remember this day what God has done for me. I, if, if I can't think of one thing, I go back to the cross and I start there. If only the only good you can think of in your life comes from the cross, then that's a start. And that's enough. Right? Today's the day to remember. Remember the Lord and worship the Lord. Remembering God's goodness, His might, His power, His forgiveness, His constant provision in our lives will result in incredible, extravagant worship. We can't worship any other way. Worship doesn't come from a human place. Worship doesn't come from the throat. It comes from the heart. Worship is not about music, instruments, and microphones, and lights, and, and words on a screen. It comes from a deeper place. It comes from remembering. Worship, true extravagant worship, authentic worship comes from the deep place of remembering. This is where worship begins. It's where it ends. Thankfulness is lived out in worship. Thankful, thankfulness is also lived out in generosity. It's a result. It's, it's a byproduct. Thankfulness and gratitude result in extravagant worship. Worship in, 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 in many different ways. Not just singing although that's part of it because we're going to do a lot of singing in heaven I hate to tell you a lot of singing if you don't like it now I'm not, I'm not sure what to say to you we need to get to liking it because remembering remembering will open your throat and open your heart and stuff will start coming out words melodies thanking God with no, no particular tune or melody or rhythm even. It'll, it'll come out in your prayer life. It'll come out in, in, in the way we serve other people. It'll come out. It is a byproduct. 
You might say, I'm not a worshiper, Justin. I don't really sing. I'm not musical in any way. I think you're missing a point. Every believer is a worshiper. It's in our DNA. It's part of who we are. We are worshipers. We worship in different ways, not just in singing. Let's not relegate it to that. It's about an intense pouring out of gratitude to God, from God, and on to other people. Thankfulness. So what has God done for you that you need to remember today? And I'm not just trying to get you to recall good memories. Maybe there's a painful memory in there. By the way, God is the God of painful memories. If you think God is only sovereign over good memories and good times and and plenty, then we need to get to know God a little bit better. God is still God of painful memories. God is a God of sorrow and heartache. He's telling the Israelites, look, that what you did in the desert, that was me. He didn't say, oh, I'm so sorry about your circumstance. I'm so sorry you were enslaved for many generations. I did that. And that's really difficult for us to grapple with. Why, if God is so good, why would God allow that? Why would God allow his people to go through it? Why would God allow suffering? Why would God allow my loved one to pass away? Why would God allow my financial burden that I'm going through right now? Why would God allow that? Isn't he good? Of course he is. Because the hardship and the suffering produces worship. Because it is in remembering how good God is in the middle of something like that that true worship happens. It's in the middle of suffering that the most authentic worship happens. I'm a musician and I've always, I'm a songwriter and all, I've always heard that the best songs come out of the deepest pain. It's true. You look throughout pop music, any kind of music, country music, man, come on now. Saddest music there is, man, it's all pain. Best songs ever come out of pain. And I'm telling you, God is gonna give you a new song. I'm telling you this morning, just like Israel, you're going to step into something. It might be good. It might not be all that great. But God is still God, and it is worth remembering the goodness of God this morning. And this is where praise comes in. This is where worship happens. It doesn't happen in any other way. So if you have a hard time worshiping God today, just remember today what God has done in the good, in the bad, in the neutral God is still worth worshiping. And that's just a start. Ephesians 2. If you want to know what God's done for you, Ephesians 2 is where it's at. Verse 1, Ephesians 2, chapter 2, verse 1. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and many sins, but God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that he even, that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. That's a start. Folks, that's a start. There it is. There's the beginning of remembering. If you want something to latch on to and remember this morning, to fuel worship, that's it. And then then work from there. Work from there. And finally, I'll say this. Living a life that says thank you means because God has done for me, I'm going to do for someone else, right? The outflow of worship is not just going to be internal. It's going to flow out of you onto someone else. 
Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. In a few minutes, we're going to go back into worship, but before we do, here's an action step that I want you to consider, and you're going to watch a video on this. Um, Our Christmas Impact backpacks that we've done for a few years now, they're back today. That initiative starts today, and I want you to consider filling a backpack for some folks in need in our community right? And it's not just to give them stuff. This is going to be laced with the gospel message, the gospel of hope, right? Because if we're just giving people stuff, if we're just giving them food, and we're not giving them the gospel too, then what are we doing? But it starts today. We're going to pray. The band's going to come back up in a sec, and we're going to watch a short video about this amazing opportunity, and then we're going to worship. We're going to give you a chance to unleash worship on a God that deserves it. We're going to give you a chance to sit and remember and reflect and then give God all he deserves from your heart, from my heart. Are you ready for that? Man, I'm ready. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. We're so thankful for the day you've given us. What a day to remember. This is a day to remember. God, if we have spiritual amnesia, if we're having a hard time remembering how good you have been, how good you will be, who you are as a father, that today I pray that little by little you would begin to recall all the ways that you have blessed our lives, all the things that you've done to prove that you are sovereign, that you're good, that you love us, that you care for us. Good memories, bad memories, it's all under your lordship, every bit of it. So as we worship, we, we, we give back to you. As we, as we pour out ourselves in, in this uh, Christmas impact initiative, God, that, that it would come from a deep place. That what we do wouldn't come from a superficial, I ought to do this, but it'll come from a place of remembering what you have provided for us. Your provision, your generosity, your great love for us. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Watch this.